0: When the kids are asleep, that's when Dad has time to play. Welcome to the Geeky Dad After Dark. I'm here with a very special guest today. His name is Newt Wallen. He's a longtime friend of mine and a really, really fun guy. You know, I I love talking to him. He got a lot of great projects coming up, and uh you know we're gonna talk about some of his past projects, some of his future projects, and you know you're just gonna get to know him a little bit better. He has a big Kickstarter coming up, so uh sit back
1: and enjoy this great interview yeah, sure, man. Well, first off, it's good to see you again. uh yes. it's been a while, you know, you yeah. and I have known each other for about a decade now, we've worked on some things together that you know never saw the light of day for you know, reasons, but, uh, it's, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's good to, uh, thank you for having me on your, uh, your podcast, man, a chance to talk about comics. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I have a new project, uh, called Florida man saves Christmas. Uh, how can you not like that title? Um, and it'll be, uh, the first issue will be debuting at the NJ horror con, uh, April 8th, 9th and 10th in Atlantic city, New Jersey. And then in May, we kick off uh, the crowdfund for the other 11 issues. And we have uh, a bunch of cool stuff that's gonna come with that. So I've I've been sitting around with this project on my plate since 2019. Um, I wrote it as a screenplay. uh, And when I took it to LA with my former production partner, uh, every producer out there was like, no one knows what Florida Man is, that's an East Coast thing, do something else. So I was so dejected that I just kind of put it aside, and then um, this past October I had some serious uh, lifestyle changes. Uh, I got Bell's palsy from stress, and lost my job, and had a nervous breakdown, and lost the love of my life, and uh, had to kind of put things back together. And I thought, well, how can I, how can I prove to people that I am actually like a writer and kind of creative? And uh, so I pulled. The Florida man script out, and I worked with some people, um, some super talented people, to adapt it into a comic book. And uh, you've seen the artwork; it's beautiful. And I'm I'm so excited. This thing's finally, you know, going to see the light of day because I've I've wanted to write comic books since I learned how to read, and this is the first time that, you know, that I've written something that my name is going to be in. I've ghost written for people before, but I've never had my name in a comic before. So yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean we we uh tried to do a comic together but that didn't pan out as well
1: yeah you know yeah it's a Business. <laughs> yeah
0: just like the movie business comic business is you know up and down ruthless
1: yeah of course yeah. no and that's that's the biggest thing my other you know i i've written a bunch of indie films and i've been producing my own stuff and i do youtube stuff and all that um but i was like you know now's a good time to do this and yeah a lot of people are doing Florida Man content but uh the, giving it this supernatural angle I said I wanted it to be white trash Lovecraft you know right, he's he's, right. he's trailer park hellboy um and the way that the headlines work with with Florida Man you'll never run out of stories like I was so worried after I finished writing this I was like I'll never write anything like this ever again like this is insane but then i was like wait no like florida's like mad max times you could just come up with stuff forever (laughs) for there you know (laughs) yeah yeah so you wrote all 12 issues already yeah yep it's uh and the one good thing about um writing you know you know writing comics compared to features is you really don't have to worry about the budget there's a lot of stuff i took out of the screenplay because i was like oh i don't know how we'll ever be able to do that um, and, uh, you know, doing it for a comic is completely different because it can be what it was in my head. I have this, like, Alan Moore, Swamp Thing style, body horror, psychedelic freakout in the book. And I'm like, how the hell would you do that on film? But here I get to do it, you know, the artist brought it to life in this way that, like, it was exactly like I wrote it. And I'm just like, oh my God, like, it's awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, the art is, is wonderful. Yeah, I love the art.
1: Yeah, David Fox, uh, who's, you know, he's worked for everybody. He's done Marvel work and all that. Um, he, he brought in this artist uh, who's uh, from Brazil. And the guy's doing stuff for, like, Xenoscope now and all that. We got him at a good time. Because the book literally came together in no- We started making it in November, and we finished it two weeks ago. You know, right. 25 issues or 25 pages of the first issue, but it's so detailed um because I really wanted it to look like you know not an indie comic I wanted it to look like you know different and special so a that I have something, comic right exactly you know and and I love indie comics you know but I wanted something that was a little bit more polished and it cost a little bit more money to do it that way but I was like look if I'm gonna fail I'm gonna fail on my terms and that's been my kind of mantra since October is just like Life's too short, man. Like, let's just get weird with it now.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: You got to give it a shot, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah. And this story is just like something that everybody who I talked to before when I was coming up with it was like, oh, that's that's a million dollar idea. But I just couldn't get the people with money to to see it that way so i was like all right well let's just try it ourselves and see what happens i think the title alone will at least perk up people's ears a little bit you know because you could just call something florida man there's a bunch of stuff out there but i was like Do you call it florida man saves christmas and it's got double meaning because christmas florida is a town in florida where the story takes place so ah, you know. okay okay <laughs> all right mm-hmm. Makes it takes sense place now. at the Yep it takes place at the South Pole Dancers which is a Santa themed strip club.
0: <laughs> okay. So you did some research on this, right?
1: Well, I came up with that. There's a lot of there's so many puns in it that like I went I went crazy with this one but um Did you just you know, search I, headlines on Florida Man? Online? Yeah, I, I searched a lot I searched a lot of headlines cuz remember there was that time period where it was like put in your birthday and there'll be a Florida Man headline right. for that. Yeah, Yeah. And um but because all minor are supernatural behind the scenes of it i wanted them to be more like vague as to what he was doing like carrying a crocodile into a bar and pooping over an overpass something like that just stuff that like he would be debasing himself because the whole gag of it is he 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 smokes this formaldehyde well he thinks it's from but it turns out to be this lovecraftian substance and it kills him and when he wakes up he can see the dead but the dead can see him and the worst part is the dead can see him seeing them. So they tell him that he's trying, that he's saving the world, but he's really just doing Florida man stuff to make himself look like an idiot, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: like a redneck ghostbuster.
1: Exactly. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. But he, I, I wrote uh, this whole opening soliloquy about why America needed folk heroes when America started. And he believes that he's the next progression in that and once I lay and it's so funny that the little things that led me to this um, in 2012 I was running a uh, hotel the overnight shift and at like two o'clock in the morning I would empty out all the trash cans and toss them and we shared a parking lot with a convenience store and I go out at two o'clock in the morning and I toss the trash into the trash can when I closed the lid this guy was standing in the parking lot wearing one of those old-fashioned Epcot shirts where it was like the wire working of the of the logo and he goes god god bless you and he handed me two ribbons and they were equestrian ribbons for horse riding a first place and a sixth place equestrian ribbon and he just kept walking and i said where did he come from and where did he come upon those and that's where i started thinking about this stuff And then when the idea came up to do this Florida man idea where all of the uh, all of the uh, headlines are just one guy. One of my employees at my theater that I used to run had to do a paper about folk heroes. And I just started rattling off stuff about Paul Bunyan and, and John, you know, John Henry and all this. And then I was like, oh, my God, that's that's the starting point he's the last american folk hero like or he thinks he is right and then i took that and then i stretched it out over the uh basically the plot of beowulf and that's what it is like <laughs> <laughs> and i just started throwing all this weird crap into there uh you know he's friends with the florida skunk ape who's a staunch republican gun nut who lives in the swamp uh you know like i said it takes place at a, at a santa themed uh, strip club, and the, uh, the owner of the strip club's name is Futard. Futard in French myth is the patron saint of naughty boys. Uh, there's eight strippers. They're all named after the reindeer. Like all this, I just started throwing everything I can into it. So he's almost like Snake Plissken where people are like, I thought you were dead. There's all these adventures he had before that we don't see. So we're joining this guy in a world that already exists. And I thought that would be a cool way to do it because then you could just keep telling stories forever, or this is the only chance I ever get to do it, but still I got to throw all the weird stuff that I wanted to throw into a book, you know? That's cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, I see the first issue, uh, the character looks like Danny McBride, but uh, in the other issues, who do you base each uh, character on?
1: So the way that I envisioned it originally, because we are going with the folk hero thing and people are drawn and painted and sculpted differently throughout history, I, I wanted him to be like the Southern Harvey Picar. So each time he's going to be drawn slightly different, um, you know, with longer beard, longer hair, shorter, like, because it takes place in different points within this story. Um, so he'll always be the same guy, but he'll be drawn differently each time as if it's someone else telling this chapter of this guy's story.
0: You ever thought of maybe like changing up um, the art style with a different artist?
1: Uh, No, he's gonna do it. We've already discussed and done samples of all the different styles that we're gonna do for it. So it shares a common thread. This guy's brilliant and he's amazing. Um, And so the styles are gonna not like change drastically. Like we're not gonna do like a manga style issue but um, there will be subtle changes to it each time, so each book has its own kind of vibe to it, you know.
0: Yeah, uh, that, that's cool. I can't wait to to read this. And uh, you, 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 are you going to pitch this to any publishers, or just going to just release it yourself? We're
1: self publishing. Um, I'm working with. Uh, we're going to release it through. It's going to become Schlock and All Publishing, um, which is my production company. Working with a producer who uh you know wishes to stay behind the scenes so he's helping me with all you know we we did all the printing this week for the issues for the convention and um we'll see where it goes from there but this isn't the only book that uh david fox myself and this publisher producer are working on we have a couple uh other ones that we're working on at the exact same time but we thought florida man would be a really cool calling card and um you know i don't have a huge following on youtube like i used to but even having 5,500 subs on the channel is a good way to sell to people and hitting the conventions and doing podcasts like yours. Like you're, you're connected to the comic book world. So it's cool to get my voice out there and, and, and all that, you know?
0: Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, for all the, the new listeners out there, um, just give a, give everybody a little backstory on you.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I've been running movie theaters for 23 years uh, uh, I uh, I used to be on a fairly popular YouTube show called Underbelly back in the day. Um, I uh, I've written some independent films. Um, basically, I just keep I'm I'm an ambitious failure is what I tell people. I just keep trying until something sticks. Uh, you know, and I used to be on another uh, review show that was kind of popular, but that didn't uh, pan out, and I I left those people. And now I'm just doing my own thing on uh, Schlock and All Films on YouTube and um i have a feature called midnight show that's just sitting in the can um i'm working on two more features one of them is called amityville arcade uh and um yeah just just trying to do as much as i can to get my name out there and and on stuff because you know you don't make a lot of money in this industry but i i just i love telling stories and i want to i've got a lot of weird ideas and weird stories that i want to tell so i just keep doing stuff
0: (laughs) yeah yeah you know um and and amityville has gone to space they've they've gone to many places Mm -hmm. have has have they ever done amityville in the hood
1: yes they have directed by dustin ferguson yes oh crap i thought that was going
0: to be a million dollar idea
1: nope no i i just (laughs) i i i have a notebook next to my bed of just random ideas like i'll dream weird stuff and I'll just write it down. And I literally have an entire page of Amityville uh, concepts. And I was just like, all I got to do is just make a poster. And I bet you I can get somebody to bite on one of these. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw that trailer for the, the, the one in space. It looks like it's made with
1: $5. Oh, no, 100%. Yeah, it's like Wild Eye releasing, though. They've like cornered the market, man. They're like a modern day AIP. Where, uh, or like Canon Group, where they just take a title and a really cool digital cover and, and people are like, I'll watch that. And it looks like it's shot on my phone most of the time, yes, you know? Yes, yes. Yeah, so I'm in the wrong business, man. I should just be lowering the bar more and more every day and making more <laughs> money, you know? Here I am trying to tell interesting stories like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, uh, you know, it's it's bound to pay off sooner or later, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, even a broken clock is right twice a day. They say, right? You know. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm mean, just waiting for my chance. I had like I had like a tweet go viral last year, and I thought that was going to be like my big thing. Uh, I was like, well, I guess this is as close as I'm going to get, but we'll see. People seem pretty excited when they hear Florida Man saves Christmas and they see that cover that I have. They're like, I don't know what this is, but I want to know more about it. So, and you know, I mean.
0: <laughs> you got a lot of subs on, on, on YouTube. That's something, you know?
1: Yeah. It's crazy how quickly it picked up. Cause that, that channel sat dormant, my former production partner and I, she and I started it and um, it just, we just did it for as a place to hold stuff. And then uh, in the last year, she decided she no longer wanted to affiliate with me and stay with the show I used to be on. Um, Cause they have like 45,000 subs. So uh, I just started doing it on my own and um, I just shoot really simple. Like, Remember how you ever hear like how Prince had like every room in his house wired for sound so he could just record whenever he wanted? I just I just have my phone on me all the time and I'll, and I just shoot little reviews or little stories on my phone because like whatever, like it fills in time and some people like listening to me talk about random stuff. So I've been throwing them up and they get like, you know, 20,000 to 5,000 views and it's just cool that anybody watches or listens at all. 50, 40-year-old angry white guys like me, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the secret of getting so many,
1: like, views? Um, there's a Reddit group uh, that hates me, and they hate watching my things, so.
0: <laughs> wow, really? Oh,
1: yeah. How, how did I, that I think, start? I, uh, back in the fall, I, I signed an NDA, so I can't really talk about it. Um, but there's a group of people out there who have distaste for me, and they share them in their groups, and, and people watch it and leave nasty comments. But even when you're leaving a nasty comment, it's still feeding the algorithm, so keep it up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know okay. I'm not those things are calling me, and that's all that matters, you know? Um, mm. No, it's also, I, I share stuff in a lot of different groups. Uh, you know, the tags on YouTube, um, I used to work for a media company, so I learned a lot of stuff on tagging and, and where to position things. But I'm also not, you know, I don't really, I'm not really worried about views and stuff like that. Like, I want to talk about the movies I want to talk about or comic books I want to talk about. I did a whole episode called Newt's Got Issues, where I just pulled the worst issues out of my long boxes and just talked about them for a couple minutes each. Um, I'm not trying to feed the analytics. I'm not trying to do the Google Trends and be like a YouTube guy. Because most of the ones I know who are popular are characters, and I don't ever want to be I am a character, but I don't ever want to be a character, um, so it's really just, like, the fact that anybody watches and subs is great, you know, and, and maybe some of them will buy a comic book that I wrote, or maybe some of them will buy a movie that I, I wrote, like, you know, it, it's crazy, I still get uh, copies of Swamp Zombies 2 in the mail to sign and send back the the indie feature that I wrote, or, like, mm-hmm. The velvet rope for arcana comics i'm drawn into that book i'm not you know and people have been sending me the graphic novel to sign so i've like i've signed like more stuff since i've been out of the media company than i have when i was in the media company because i think you know people like a comeback story and, and i'm uh, i'm working on on a comeback and and doing some cool stuff and uh you know being of a better in a better headspace than i was before where i can kind of handle things a little bit better. I, I stressed myself sick last year and it didn't help me at all. So now I'm just going at my speed back to running movie theaters and, and writing cool stuff for cool people, you know?
0: Well, I'm pulling for you.
1: Thank you, man. Thank you. Yes, yeah. so I've always been a big fan of your stuff going way back. Like that's why I reached out to you in the first place when we first met uh, about Geeks, Girls, Guns and Ghouls because I was a big fan of the stuff you were doing. I remember I wrote one of the Dream Reaver stories for you back in the day. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah
0: yep yeah that never panned out either (laughs)
1: no yeah i know that was a fun one though. It was like emo man or emo boy or something like that i still have the artwork in my phone um no but i mean i you know we you know through me you've met people through me or through you i've met people and it's been uh, it's cool how like you know we all we all add things to our utility belts as we go and it helps us with building projects and one of the things that i've had and i'm sure you've had as well is you kind of go and when things fail, you kind of realize who you can trust and who you can't trust and who's just, you know, got their hand out and stuff like that. And I think I've kind of got a good group of people around me right now who want to see me succeed and are uh, willing to get, you know, give me good feedback on how to fix things and make things better. And that's that's all, you know, that's what's really important is having people believe in you is more important than anything to me, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I know you're a big Batman fan.
1: Of course. Now,
0: uh, what is your favorite Batman movie?
1: My favorite Batman movie is Mask of the Phantasm.
0: Oh, yes. Yes,
1: I have the poster behind me framed on the wall. My favorite Batman, though, is Ben Affleck.
0: Yes, I like Ben Affleck. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I love the, uh, especially as I get older, the Frank Miller Batman, you know, rings a little bit more true of like, spending your life doing something and then in the when you're alone does it does it matter you know like Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I I like I've always really liked that I just I like a dude who's he's almost like the iron the iron rand version of batman like he's a self-made man but he's so fundamentally broken inside you know and and he needs the suit like an alcoholic needs the bottle almost that's why Yeah. yeah and he surrounds himself with all of his failures more than his successes. Uh, you know, the dead Robin and all that suit and all that. So I I just thought there's something like really Batman about that, you know?
0: Yeah. um, What do you think about Pattinson?
1: I liked him. Um, I I thought the movie was way too long. Uh, I thought that you could have cut out big chunks of it. You know, Alfred really didn't serve much of a purpose and the Penguin was really only in there for the car chase scene and to show the power vacuum at the end but you could have negated those <laughs> two storylines and then in the end like the riddler isn't really part of his own third act plan when it becomes a chris nolan movie i didn't like when it became the christopher nolan movie at the end but um i was a fan of him becoming uh i i, I like the idea of um if no, i don't want to spoil anything for anybody who has a scene it's already made like a billion dollars but i like the idea of him realizing that. Uh, vengeance is not the path, and he has to become something else. Uh, I love that overhead shot of him leading the people out of the water with the red torch. Batman looks cool, bathed in red and bathed in snow on film. It always looks cool, you know. Yes. Yes. So I I, I dug that. Um, the Joker scene was terrible, and it really took me out of the third act of the movie. And then the longer version of it that they showed, I was like, why would Batman ever go to the Joker for advice? Like even a young Batman that's such a fundamentally broken concept and it's just a ripoff of manhunter at that point, you know (laughs) but i did like the chemical burn the new 52 version of the joker um i've always kind of wanted to see somebody play it more like conrad vike the man who uh, laughs a little bit more where he's a guy who's actually born with rictus and that would play a little bit more into the joker but you know they got to go with kind of the heath ledger vibe on the on this new one i guess
0: yeah, well, um, what'd you think of uh, Jared Leto,
1: Joker? Well, we never really got to see his Joker because they they cut the movie to pieces because Warner Brothers realized that uh, oh yeah, the Joker and Harley Quinn are a toxic relationship. We thought they were like a love story, and they're like, no, the dude's a monster. But I thought he redeemed himself with the Snyder Cut. Um, I I really liked the interaction between him and Affleck in the uh, in that kind of nightmare sequence. Just him saying, uh, "You why you send a, a, bo- a boy wonder to do a man's job?" Like I got chills when I heard that because I've always wanted to see a film version of a Death in the Family because that's one of my earliest like because I'm I'm forty, so eighty eight when that came out. I remember calling the one number because I wanted Jason Todd to die because I didn't like Jason Todd and being like super into the buildup of that. So that was kind of like an early. When I really was engrossing myself in, you know, what was going on in comics, you know, pre uh, Wizard magazine and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I recently got my kids into watching um, the Batman movies, and yeah. uh, they they pretty much agree with 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 you and me. Affleck is their number one choice.
1: Yeah, he's the first guy who like looks like Batman and know? Bruce Wayne. Like, and Bruce Wayne, exactly. Um, but he, he, like, as he gets older, it's kind of like Rocky Six. He can't be agile anymore, so he has to hit. He has to hit you with shots that'll put you down.
0: Yeah. And then people yeah. are like,
1: "Oh, he kills." And I'm like, "Yeah, he's a broken man, and he has to have an arc where he's led back to the light."
0: But you know, in all of the Burton movies and the Schumacher movies, he killed a ton of guys.
1: Yeah. No, Chris Nolan, too. You're telling me that when he blew up the temple, those dudes didn't die. You're telling me that those guys who fell in the new movie at the third act at the stadium didn't die. They're dead. You know, right, it's like right. that funnier or die one where they keep saying that Batman doesn't kill people. They're just sleeping, you know, to make <laughs> him think he's not killing people, um, you know. And and yeah, I thought uh, and the suit is the best that the suit has ever looked in Batman versus Superman. It's just it's absolutely beautiful. Um, I'm hoping that with the uh, the Pattinson ones, they go a little bit more into the realm of the comic book because I don't like the tactical uh, you know suit. Just like that's why I hated the the Christian Bale suits. But I also have a problem with those movies because they're three movies of a dude going, I'm Batman. I'm going to save the city. Now I'm going to do everything in my power not to be Batman anymore. You know, I'm going to go to I'm going to go to France and have a fancy drink with Catwoman and not tell essentially my father that I'm still alive after you're brooding about your father dying. You jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to hand over the keys to the waterfall to to not Robin, who is a bad cop, you know, who can't even you know, he, he fails it throughout the movie. But the only reason he knows that he's Batman is because uh, he's also an orphan. I always thought it would be funny if, like, other orphans showed up, like little Orphan Annie shows up at Wayne Manor and's like, oh, yeah, I know you're Batman, too, you know? <laughs> yeah, I hated that whole Robin
0: reveal in that moment. Yeah,
1: I'm just like, just say dick. Just give me – it's not often that I'm in a movie theater and I say, give me dick. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I kidding? I say it all the time. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you know, I hope with this new uh, franchise that they built, the next one might build to a Robin, you know,
1: and I'd be fine with that. And I can see the way that this one ends, I can see a Batman who needs a Robin he needs because you can see the way he looked at the mayor's uh, son in this one. Um, He's a guy who need who's going to want to be a father want to have a family. Um, want to protect someone from what happened to him. But I think that they Robin should already exist on his own. He's a kid who's out there, not a kid he'd be like 13, 14 years old. And Bruce takes him in because the reason that Batman takes in Dick Grayson is because he doesn't want to have to face him one day, you know, and he trains him. Um, so I think that would be a way cooler way to do it. And no, don't I don't want to see the Joker again. I don't want to see like I, I, I don't want to see any of the villains we've done. I want to see, you know, I want to see villains that we haven't used yet uh, because Batman has such a deep roster of rogues and they just make you feel like there's only three that can work. And then you go look at Suicide Squad, like the both versions, really, you can make these other characters cool and individual. Like you're telling me that the ventriloquist and Scarface wouldn't be terrifying in real life, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, I always hoped... That they would do like um, like a really weird sci-fi monster movie version of Batman, you know, mm-hmm. directed by Gilmer Gil- Del Toro. Gilmer del
1: Toro, yeah. yeah.
0: Like Man Bat or Clayface. Clayface,
1: yeah. Yeah. Of course, no, I've said before. Something like,
0: weird, you know?
1: But I mean, I also thought like, man, if Joker worked as a solo film, why wouldn't they just do Clayface as its own film? Like, that would be amazing. Just do the animated series. You know, and because you can't really do Calendar Man now because you've already kind of done it with the Riddler, that whole Zodiac Killer kind of vibe. You know, give me Condiment yeah. King. <laughs> I want to do. Let's do Condiment King. Let's do a gritty reboot of Condiment King. Yeah, yeah. Kite Man, Kite Man exists in the Peacemaker universe, so why not?
0: Even Batmite.
1: Yes, he does. When I heard that, I was just like. I, there's so many times like because comic book movies have become so mainstream and so part of our culture now that I go like as a kid growing up reading comics and getting bullied for reading comics never in my wildest dreams that I believe that there would be a Guardians of the Galaxy movie never did I believe in a million years that they would reference Batmite in yeah. a in a mainstream thing and I'm just like what is happening like <laughs> i an Ant-Man you know yeah exactly you know there's just all these weird characters like oh yeah ego the living planet is gonna be in this i'm like no way like (laughs) you know because i used to have all the marvel cards and stuff like that and that's how i learned about a lot of these characters was through that um and you just go like you never in a million years expect to see these characters on screen because we always had batman and superman and even then like okay we have the joker the penguin Catwoman, but like superman was like always foiling like real estate plans like you know
0: like <laughs> yeah yeah we, we need a proper Superman movie though we need some like no, Brainiac I, you know
1: yeah Brainiac would be amazing and it's yeah uh, you know because even then you could tie him in you could do the uh the Lexiac storyline where he takes over Lex Luthor like from the animated series and it's just like we live in this world now where you we're it's not like the old days where you have to like hold people's hands going into these comic book worlds. Everybody's ready for it. They're primed. Just start doing it. You know?
0: Yeah. You know, uh, one villain I think would make a great movie would be Lex Luthor. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Just a solo, you know, right. Cause even a lot of people didn't like him in, uh, they didn't like the Jesse Eisenberg version and I could see why people didn't like it. But if you take the kind of, uh, Zuckerberg, mixed with uh prometheus storyline basically and put them together that's him he's a guy who has all the wealth and all the knowledge but he's just a man and now he's faced the fact that god exists and bruce wayne is the same thing he's this guy in that movie who's sharpened his body and his mind to supernatural levels but god exists what do you do then when god walks among you you know and it, it's just that it creates an existential uh dread in humans and i i just think that's a really cool angle to play you know yeah i'm, I, a, I'm a big zack snyder fan so <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like Zack.
0: i like Zack too he gets a lot of hate i don't know why you know
1: I think that people don't like that. Like, he's a handsome, like, nice guy that people like, and he's not like a scumbag. Like, you know, people could like Joss Whedon because he's this bald, chubby woman, you know, guy who like got me Too'd. A lot of comic book fans can't deal with Zack Snyder, who's like this muscular, family man guy on the other side. They're like, I can't identify with that guy. Like, <laughs> I
0: don't know. There's like so much hate
1: yeah. for him. I don't get it. I mean, I never saw the Owls of Ga'ul, but, you know, I don't think I'm missing anything on that one, you know? <laughs> no, no,
0: no. But, only, because, you know, yeah. back to, to Lex Luthor, I think Jeff Bezos is uh, a yeah. Lex Luthor right
1: there. I agree. Yeah. Like supervillain. Well, be careful. They can hear us right now. <laughs> Some <laughs> Drones are going to show up at my house, you know, or my cat's been a sleeper agent this entire time. She comes up <laughs> behind me and snaps my neck. Um... Yeah, no, because we, we live in this age now of like you know the one percent and the one percent of the one percent. Like, why wouldn't you do that kind of story and and just let him be as slimy and scummy as possible and you know show the humanity in that? I think that would be like that would be bigger than Joker, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, and he's probably the second most popular villain of all time.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I agree because he's been well, he's been around the longest, and when you say you know, I, I I could tell people like, oh, you like Superman? Like, do you like, you know, Banshee or Parasite or something right. like that? And they'll just look at you like, where's Lex Luthor and Zod? That's all we know. You know, <laughs> try and get them to say Mister Mixuplexilix, and they're uh, and they won't make it. You know, They actually he said it, it right.
0: I'm I i can not even say it. <laughs>
1: Really? Oh, yeah. No, I I always would get mad when people wouldn't say it right. Again, I'm I'm proto comic book nerd, man. I uh, this runs deep in me. I used to run a comic book shop back in the day. And, uh, you know, I I got to live out my uh, my comic book guy fantasies of just being terrible to people. (laughs) If 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 one day you were given the keys to do a,
0: you know, To one comic book character. Not like Mm -hmm. mainstream. It has to be like something off the fringes. Yeah. From Marvel or DC.
1: Um, my. What would you do? So I always said if I ever... As a movie. Yeah, yeah. No, if I ever got a chance to pitch a movie, it would be Dead Man. Oh, yeah. That's perfect. I I love Dead Man.
0: I think it would work better as a TV show, though.
1: It could, yeah, because he's solving his own death but he'd also be working through other people's stuff as well. It's like Quantum um, Leap. Yeah, basically. But I, I loved because you said Del Toro before. Um, have you ever seen the Devil's Backbone? Right, Where yes. The Saty Ghost, every time he passes from light to dark, he, you could see through his skin and you could see the skull underneath. And I think that would be a really cool way to do Boston Brand in that storyline, you know, you because you, you could even give him the silly red trapeze outfit because it works in this in this world you know i'd make it a little bit more like kingdom come where he was like an emaciated skeleton almost but yeah uh, that's always been uh dead man and zatanna are my two dream projects i would love to do zatanna um i would love <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the movie i'd love to write the movie uh although i do have a thing for chicks and fishnets man I, i'm not gonna lie <laughs> yeah, who doesn't
0: who doesn't you know? yeah
1: exactly but uh, but if I had to do something off the beaten path, I would love to make We Three as a movie. Oh yeah, yeah, and do it as like a Paul Verhoeven style uh, body heart. and it's basically Homeward Bound meets RoboCop. You know, right. I
0: thought they were doing that movie, but for I don't
1: a while that was on a production slate, and then it just vanished. Um, I think when that movie The Losers failed, uh, Vertigo kind of pulled a lot of their stuff out.
0: You kind of need a big budget to do that movie though, because it's oh, like, big yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because I said that, or like something like uh, Scud the Disposable Assassin is a movie that I would love to make. You mm-hmm. know, I just a lot of that indie stuff that I, you know, found. Nothing from Marvel? My, my favorite Marvel characters are, um, are uh, Daredevil and Doctor Strange. Um, I'd love to do like a, a real cool uh, man thing movie, not that Sci-Fi Channel movie. Um, mm. I like I like I like either street level or supernatural based uh, characters. I, was, I always thought you'd be good with Howard the Duck. I would love to do Howard the Duck. You know, it, it, how are the, and then I would use the scene from the uh, early 2000s run where he sues George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, that was She Hulk. When She Hulk uh, was in the 2000s, they did a whole art, uh, page where he sues George Lucas for defamation of character. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? Give me one even more obscure. I'll take Slapstick. Remember Slapstick? Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Them t- it was Marvel trying to do the mask. <laughs>
0: yeah, or Roger Rabbit.
1: Yeah, I had a whole, years ago I had an idea to team up all of the gimmick Marvel characters from the 80s and 90s on a team because they see how big the movies have gotten and the merchandising has gotten and they want a piece of it. So it becomes like the superhero, the, the Z-list superhero version of A Hard Day's Night where they're <laughs> filming a reality TV show pilot and then they run afoul of a major villain and then it's these losers versus you know big time villains. Like maybe they would have to go up against Doctor Doom and stop like a cosmic threat. Uh, but it's these guys who are just complete and total losers. And it would be, I always like the idea of like because I go to a lot of horror conventions to to set up for things, and you always see these actors who used to be young and attractive, and now they're like old and fat and balding, and some of them have to like squeeze into their costumes. It would be kind of funny if they did that, where these guys like you know, they they have to squeeze into their costumes and they have comb overs. I always like the idea of somebody drawing six pack abs on their belly, you know? I got a lot of weird, dumb ideas, man. I got a lot of free time on my hands. Those are good ideas.
0: (laughs) <laughs> somebody's gonna steal it now now that you set it that's out that's fine in the
1: open. <laughs> that's fine it's to do something with it just say special thanks to that guy i heard on that podcast
0: <laughs> <laughs> i mean sooner or later they're gonna have to do it do something with the, these z-list characters
1: yeah they're exactly. to co-
0: characters to
1: use <laughs> it's it, but i mean are they though you're just gonna be able to keep mining for gold like i never again ever thought there'd be a moon knight anything when you try to explain moon knight to people and you're like yeah and he's this guy and sometimes he's this and sometimes that people's eyes glaze over and they're like where's spider-man you know
0: (laughs) yeah basically i just say like he's like batman with the moon yeah
1: yeah yeah he's batman if if he was cursed by a egyptian crow skull guy you know (laughs) or girl actually isn't it a female i think
0: I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not too <laughs> versed in Moon Knight that much.
1: hmm I, I you got into it in the in the late '80s, early '90s because I was just like the way he was drawn. I just thought it was super cool. And he has a I cool look. In, I'm yeah. The, oh, yeah, yeah, And I've always been really in Indiana Indiana Jones, and I like the Egyptian angle of it. So I got into that a little bit. But you know, that's a character that kind of comes and goes. The only thing I've ever really read consistently has been like Daredevil's. Like you know, I love that character. Yeah. I even defended the Ben Affleck movie. (laughs) Well, you know, I I didn't think it was that bad. (laughs) No, but it's also, I I just did a review of it not too long ago. And I'm like, you know, when you're you're like, you love something and you want other people to love it too. So you get dug in like a tick and then you have to be in denial because you're like, I know it was bad, but I need people. I need, I'm, I'm bought in now. Like it's the long con at this point. So I just have to keep (laughs) saying, well, Take away the the playground flirt fight, and it really wasn't that bad, you know. <laughs> <laughs> when the first thing you see in the movie is a, a terrible CGI rap that looks like a PlayStation One cutscene, and I'm in the theater going, "You did me dirty." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I thought you, they did you dirty with the whole like uh, schoolyard fight.
1: <laughs> oh my god! It's yeah. It's that is is that more embarrassing than the? basketball fight in uh, Catwoman
0: oh man I, I skipped that movie completely
1: <laughs> really yeah there's like a flirt there's like a flirt fight basketball scene in on a playground in Catwoman and I'm like because somebody at Warner Brothers went you know what scene I really liked in Daredevil the playground scene <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and now uh Blue Beetle the villain is is Sharon Stone I just read that today and she was yeah. the villain in that yeah. woman so i'm like hollywood never learns you know
0: i i think a lot of times wb doesn't
1: learn <laughs> no it it seems that way doesn't it yeah. yeah but i mean you know cocaine's not gonna buy itself man you gotta get those movie <laughs> tickets <for producers. laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know what's going on with that
0: company it's like i don't know who's running that
1: place but yeah because it's they just got bought by discovery right so we'll see what happens there I don't think they're ever going to bring back the Snyderverse stuff I think that the you know I I, I think I think the Flash
0: movie is going to delete all of that stuff
1: so it's we're just going to have a Batgirl and a Supergirl and I hate that I said it's going to be the D She universe because (laughs) I love Batgirl and Supergirl like Barbara Gordon's one of my favorite characters Mm -hmm. but not at the expense of there not being a Batman or a Superman you know those characters should be there
0: Apparently, uh, Michael Keaton is in the Batgirl movie.
1: Yeah, and I was like, okay, but J.K. Simmons is the is Commissioner Gordon. So certain elements of the Snyder stuff exist, but some doesn't. And do we really want a 75-year-old – like, because is he in the suit? Like, don't – please don't do that, you know? I don't Unless know. Unless you're building – and then if you're going to have him training Batgirl – then you'll never have a Batman Beyond, then, because they're similar, too similar a story.
0: Well, I'm thinking they're probably using the Batman Beyond story for Batgirl. Yeah. I guess. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's. I mean, whatever. I, I. I. The actress who's playing Batgirl looks fine. Uh, I think the suit's okay. It's like that kind of more modern version. But I also I'm tired of like ninety two pound girls playing. You <laughs> know, I, I. You know, even Wonder Woman. Like she's great and all because she's an Amazonian. She doesn't have to be muscular but i'm like why are we so afraid of having like muscular women in movies that like could beat the shit out of dudes like you know right, like uh, give, me, right. give me lucy lawless you know
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i i like gina carano but you know yeah well yeah before she internet got canceled, killed her in reality yeah would <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> have again, been my nobody... perfect
0: um person for wonder woman
1: yeah that's i could see that too um yeah. you know because or she Hulk. like she, yeah because i haven't seen the uh the, the woman who's playing she-hulk apparently is another like kind of skinny one so i've seen a lot of that and i'm just In like cgi uh, up her body or thing yeah all right because the dudes <laughs> like get big and bulky and i guess that's okay because women like when muscular guys take their shirts off and all that's fine but i'm just like i don't know i just feel like it's a little disingenuous to have like these like little skinny you know whatever <laughs> that, that's two guys talking about gender politics
0: <laughs> yeah we might get canceled
1: eh, come at me bro next time bring <laughs> kryptonite i've already survived it once you know
0: <laughs> so uh what what movie projects are you working on now
1: so right now I am uh, we uh, we finished midnight show. I have just a little bit of reshooting to do because some people I was working with, uh, like I said, no longer associate with me. So I removed their footage from the film to uh, to just have a clean slate, not have any headaches down the road. Um, we uh, we've moved into uh, um, Amityville Arcade, like I said. I'm shooting um, a scene for uh, Donald Farmer for his movie Debbie Does Demons. <laughs> Uh, because he shot a, uh, he made a movie called uh, Shark. Act. He's been around since the. Is 80s. this a porno? Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> One day, though. Well, to be fair, the characters who are in this scene are adult film actresses ah. because the producer thinks it would be funny to do a porn star paranormal activity show called boo And uh, it turns out that there's really demons. So I wrote like a lot of bad sex puns and then demons show up. And so I got to shoot that in June for him. But his film Shark Exorcist was a big hit, like a huge hit. And uh, he asked me to shoot the opening of the sequel. So I shot a scene for that. Um, And I've just written a bunch of screenplays for other producers uh, who are in different places. Um, uh, Crude Cinema in Kansas City, I wrote three scripts for them. Uh, last year strange toys river beauty and cult of blood uh cult of blood filmed already and is done that has um dave sheridan in it from uh uh scary uh, uh not scary movie what was the other one called uh the parody one um what was what was the parody one called the uh the scary movie knockoff Scream, yes, yeah, Scary Movie was the knockoff. Scream was the one it was based on, but Scream was originally called Scary Movie before they changed the title. See, my head's all over the place, it's like a ping pong ball in my head. Um, he was in that, and then Felicia Rose, uh, who was um, Angela in the first um, Sleepaway Camp, she's in oh, that one, Okay, and then yeah. uh, the uh, the one that they start shooting in April is Strange Toys that has the Greasy Strangler in it, if you've ever seen that movie. And uh, Patty Mullin, who played the Frankenhooker. Um, so if you have ever saw that movie as well, uh, that's a Frank Henenlotter movie from, the, from 91 or 92. Uh, so they're in that. So that's kind of cool. Those are shooting soon. Um, and I just turned in a script for a giallo uh, for a producer in LA. It's a small thing. He wanted something that was more along the lines of like eight millimeter. And I'm not really mm-hmm. good at writing like serious dark stuff so I uh that one took way longer than I thought it was going to because I kept trying to write like witty banter into it and they just were like that's not what we want we want more of this so you know I, I've never been to like sex clubs and stuff so I had to really like use my imagination on what this world would be so I'm not I, you know it is it was a paying gig you know
0: <laughs> right right
1: mm-hmm because people know me, they know when I'm motivated, I write really, really fast because I just want to get the idea out of my head as quick as possible. I always say, if I think too long, I'll realize it's a bad idea and I'll stop myself. So I just try to get it out.
0: (laughs) I'm surprised you never got in contact with like trauma.
1: No, I was, I've, I've done, I've done some stuff with them in the past and, um, unfortunately they're very much in bed with the company I used to work for so I kind of lost that as a contact Mm. but it's not a you know yeah I I wrote a really really funny pilot for them years ago called blunt force trauma and that was going to move and then things happen like with anything and I just didn't like the way it was going so I decided to kind of pull back but Lloyd Kaufman is in the feature one of the features that I made and um i'm still a fan of that company it just you know i i want to be my own trauma i want to what i'm doing with schlock and all is to be them but with like a little bit more wink and a nod and it's not all just diarrhea and fart jokes you know i i'd like to at least bring something to the table you know because i'm a Mm -hmm. burning serious artist who writes things like sharkula and planet frankenstein (laughs) (laughs) oh speaking
0: of that i remember you did a comic story on that
1: on uh planet frankenstein yeah uh we we did it um it it never got finished um it's but it's going to be part of an anthology book for something else that we're going to be doing um the dave uh, headmark's artwork for that was just beautiful it was so cool i just again just like planet frankenstein or just like florida man i get this idea and then it just like i couldn't contain all of the ideas i just needed it to get it out of my head and it was much more textured than anything I've ever done before. So I designed all this armor and costumes and everything has, you know, because I'm a big monster fan. I've been my entire life. So there's nods to classic literature and, and model kits and old movies and late night horror shows. I put everything I could in there and just emptied the tank on that one. And when I couldn't do it as a feature because it was too big, we tried to do it as a 12 page mini story and uh you know parts of it got done but it never got finished but it's something i do want to come back around to i'm hoping that uh the florida man one will give me enough of a boost that i can do more of this stuff because i got a bunch of i've got 54 scripts completed screenplays on my desktop uh you know that i've never been able to do anything with because i can't you know raising money is hard for anything um and you know, I I feel like my style of movies that I love, the 80s B-movie kind of thing, went out of style for a really long time, but now it's coming back, you know, there's a reason that you're seeing Amityville in the hood now, and stuff like that, is because there is this this trend that's coming back the other way, and you know, the old saying is, no one's ever gone broke underestimating the good taste of the American public, you know, and especially in the day and age we're living in now, people just want to, they've made, 10 Fast and the Furious movies, you know? (laughs) You know, not everything has to win an Academy Award or or anything like that. Sometimes people just want to watch dumb stuff, you know? Or read dumb stuff. And I've got tons of dumb ideas, so... (laughs) Money, please.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, I, I want you to get all the success in the world. And, you know, I hope, you know, when you get too big... You're still yeah. gonna come back on the show,
1: okay? Of course, man. You're you're one of the only people who talks to me about comics. So yeah. i always come back. Even if you don't ask me to, I'll just start sending you Zoom requests. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, will you talk about comics with me, please? Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah. my god, dude, I have a kid. Like <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah. No, I, I had a lot of fun, man. I, I I hope that I can do this again. And, you know, I, I hope uh, I'll get you. I want you. I want to know what you thought of the comic because we were writing before, like you got a better idea of how I, you know, my style and and this is, you know, I, I'm, I'm it's not often I'm proud of myself in my life and 40 years, but I'm super proud of this. And um, and just like so happy that people got got it and got on board like the edit, the uh, the letterer works on big things. He's like, dude this is one of the best things I've read in a long time and I, I literally like I read the text and I was in my car and I started crying because I was just like over the last year I've been told so much that I'm not a good writer I'm never going to accomplish anything even from people who I used to be very close to were like you're never going to accomplish anything you're 40 years old give it up you know you, you tried it didn't work you don't have it and then to have somebody who's a professional say something like that like it really like it it made me feel like really, really good about myself for once. And, you know, that's, I, I just want that feeling.
0: <laughs> well, you know, um, they said Stan Lee didn't create Spider-Man until he was 40. So,
1: yeah. So I'm 40. I got a couple more months left of it. So let's, let's get this, uh, gravy train with biscuit wheels moving, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I believe in you, Newt. Okay. So Thank you. I believe I... in you too, man. Thank you. Yes. And thank you for having me on your show. It was a lot of fun, actually.
0: Yeah. And, you know, uh, check out the Kickstarter. It's going to come out in May. Uh, mm-hmm. Florida Man
1: Saves Christmas. <laughs> right? It's just as dumb as it sounds. You're going to love it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Check it
0: out. And I hope you support it. Everybody support his uh, new new Kickstarter. Let's yep. let's make his dream come true.
1: And go to Schlock and All Films on YouTube, S-C-H-L-O-C-K and uh, subscribe to me on there, and, um, and when this comes out, I'll share it everywhere and get everybody to come listen to it and boost your numbers up as well with my little following, you know, we can all help each other. <laughs> yes, yes, that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one hand washes the other. Hopefully, it's a clean hand. Oh, I can't <laughs> promise you that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Wash hands before turn to return to work is your rule, not mine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Audible. You know, you can get thousands of great selections of audiobooks plus exclusive Audible originals you won't find anywhere else. And, you know, you can get theatrical performances, A-list comedy, and best of all, even podcasts like this one. And all you need to do is go to audibletrial.com slash thegeekydadpodcast. And you'll get 30 days free when you sign up. You know, when you download titles... You know, you can listen to them offline, anytime, anywhere. The app is free and can be installed on all smartphones and tablets. You can listen across devices without losing your spot. And if you can't decide what you want to listen to, don't worry. You can keep the credits for up to a year. And then you can binge them all in a whole series if you like. So, go to audibletrial.com. Slash the geeky dad podcast and get your free trial on us. Help out the show, help out yourself, and listen to great audiobooks with A list talent narrating. Right now, I'm listening to Artemis, narrated by Rosario Dawson. You know, it feels cool to have, uh, like, uh, uh, a celebrity narrating to you. It makes you feel special. So try it out.